what if that thing never existed? What if that thing wasn't necessarily a bad thing? And instead, as you look at it through this filter of when you're the person who does the thing, you're the person who does the thing, as well as becomes so good they can't ignore you, do you now see that this bottomless pit that there's no way out of, the way that some people talk about it, now becomes instead something that there's a clear pathway out of? Here's the hard truth. People are conditioned to ignore your marketing message. Most of the stuff you'd create doesn't get read, doesn't get watched, and ultimately, nobody buys from it. I'm Jason Lynette, and I'm here to help you stop being the best kept secret to the people you know you can help. If you're a business owner, and if you're ready to cut through the overwhelm of launching something that creates massive impact and brings in an awesome income, you are in the right place. Welcome to Attract Pre-Sold Clients. Now, I'm not somebody who often believes in conspiracies, but there's something going on that I perhaps need to kind of break away from the typical momentum here on the Attract Pre-Sold Clients podcast and expose to you. And it's this worldwide thing that's happening right now that's kind of covert, but still it's out there in front of everybody's faces. There's this movement that's going on that's trying to tell you and I may quote, that you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, and doggone it, people don't like you. And if you haven't yet connected the dots, this week's episode is all about how to smack down imposter syndrome. What exactly is it? How does it show up? What are the ways that perhaps it might not even exist? If you've ever struggled with knowing your own value, if you've ever struggled with knowing exactly how to stand up for yourself and believe in what you do, this week's episode, Smackdown Imposter Syndrome, is especially for you. Now, just in case you missed the introduction to this week's episode, today it's all about how to smack down imposter syndrome. And as we're here talking about imposter syndrome, it means I now need to spend a rather significant yet important amount of time talking about a movie called The Bucket List. And yes, the movie The Bucket List, which if I remember it right, starred Jack Nicholson, Morgan Freeman, and then, oh, it was Sean Hayes, the guy from Will and Grace. So pretty great cast. I believe if I remember it right, it was directed by Rob Reiner. And the movie itself was based on, if I remember now, it was like a New York Times bestselling book. So Everything that you can hear around this movie based on a best-selling book, a rock star cast, kind of positioned it to become this immediate hit. And it kind of just did okay. You know, if you look it up, it wasn't necessarily destroyed by the critics. It wasn't, you know, a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. It did okay enough. And I think I've actually seen it twice, and it's a pretty good movie. It's got some memorable moments. It's got a lovely surprise ending. There's a wonderful subplot about whatever fancy expensive coffee it is that they let the cats eat the coffee and pass the coffee beans through the system and then they brew the coffee, which is why I had to show that scene to my kids because they heard about that. And again, this is exactly what you would expect from a business podcast called Attract Pre-Sold Clients. Here's the reason why I've spent this so far minute and 42 seconds talking about the bucket list, and this directly applies over to imposter syndrome. There's an interesting cultural phenomenon that occurred related to that movie. 
Now, it's not the Mandela effect, the Mandela effect, where people remember things being a certain way, and then to go back and look at it, it's different. To which I would just say that memory is malleable. Memory is flawed. There's research that suggests the best way to remember something is actually to forget it. And the old legend of the fish was this big, says the fisherman, and the fish gets bigger every time he tells the story. This is going to go off on a tangent here, but there's a whole lot of science that actually backs that up and why, we'll phrase it this way, he doesn't believe he's lying. So the bucket list. I bring this up because the term the bucket list technically did not exist until the book came out. The book did well, might have been one of the Oprah bestseller books, should have been. And then from there, here came the movie and more people watch movies these days, of course. And so that spread this awareness around the world that the bucket list was a thing that people had. And here's why I point this out. It brings up this unique cultural moment where something had a cultural impact even towards people who didn't watch the movie, didn't read the book. Suddenly there were blog posts about the top 10 things to put on your bucket list. Suddenly there were references to the bucket list in other pieces of literature, other novels that were out there. It was the talk of the time. And yet it was based upon a thing that was invented. And it was done, let's give the original author enough credit, it was done in such a way that it was widely accepted as part of the common culture. Now, there may have been rumblings of it before, yet again, here came the book, here came the movie, and it was accepted as if it had always been a thing. Now, you might already be connecting the dots here, but let me plant a few other seeds, perhaps in some interesting storytelling uh, ways here, because it comes around to two quotes, one of them being mine, the other one being someone else's, and I'll give full credit, of course, where it's due. Quote number one, this one's mine. When you're the person who does the thing, you're the person who does the thing. And I bring this up because let's tell the story of a time that I got a call for a corporate speaking event, and it was kind of toward a different audience than I tend to focus on. The, most of the work that I do with Attract Pre-Soul clients and the team of coaches, our success team, our customer service side of things, our sort of bread and butter is working with entrepreneurs, mostly people who are in the online space and using the business to then bring people into their world. So a lot of what our time is focused on are many of you out there that are entrepreneurs, self-made business people. And here came this opportunity to speak to uh, an insurance group, which I can do, yet it kind of pulls me away from the group that we are clearly the most passionate about. And I tell this story because I kind of respectfully priced it in a way that was fair, but also left me a bit of a safety net because I kind of had other things I wanted to focus on at the time. And here came this number, not quite five figures, but pretty darn close high up there. And I said the number and they said yes immediately. There was kickback in my brain as to, should have said a higher number, uh, but did the event. They loved it, actually had me back. It's become a bit of an ongoing relationship and it all went well. Fast forward, it's about a year later and a very similar yet very different group reaches out to me and they say, can you do this? And I say, yes. I say the big number. They go, oh, no, no, we would never pay that. And yet I was able to comfortably say, well, when I do events of this style, 
well, actually at the time that call came in, as I've done event of this style, not plural, but then the other group had me again. So events officially now. As I've done events of this style, that's what I've typically been paid. You know, if that's not quite a match, I could recommend some other speakers perhaps. And I didn't go for the snarky thing. I could recommend other speakers who want to practice in front of your crowd. No, don't be, don't be that person. Uh, <laughs> so I, I just said, that's what it is. They said we were thinking this other number, which I'll tell you, was 250 bucks. I mean, that's gas money. Um, and again, that would have pulled me away from everything else. So I respectfully declined. And there was no hesitation of saying that premium rate because when you're the person who does the thing, you're the person who does the thing. Do you see how we've gone on for like six minutes now and we're just kind of planting seeds as to how you can smack down imposter syndrome? So the correlation for those keeping track here, for those keeping score, bucket list didn't quite exist until the book and the movie came out. When you're the person who does the thing, you're the person who does the thing. And I'm assuming because you are listening to a business podcast that you have the intention to, let's put it simply, do things better. And along this journey, chances are the people who listen to a podcast of this nature, the people who, I thank you for this, will sit through some, what seems like stream of consciousness references, but are all coming full circle to make a point here in a moment to officially smack down imposter syndrome, your chances are not the type of person looking for the get rich quick thing, the how do I create a flash of money and then skip town and go to the islands and hide for the rest of my life. Uh, if that is you, uh, go listen to another podcast, please. Now that we got rid of those people, let's keep going because this goes to a favorite quote, which was then repurposed into the title of a book by the author Cal Newport, also wrote a book called Deep Work. Both are definitely worth a read. I love Deep Work, phenomenal book. Yet it's actually a quote that goes to the comedian, to the actor, to the playwright, to the banjo player, Steve Martin. Becomes so good, they can't ignore you. I forgot to mention uh, Murder Mystery Solver, because uh, the whole TV show, Only Murders in the Building. Fantastic show, by the way. So again, that quote, becomes so good, they can't ignore you. Bucket list, a thing that didn't quite exist until someone invented it, and then it was accepted into the wide vernacular in terms of our language. When you're the person who does the thing, you're the person who does the thing, and becomes so good, they can't ignore you. And let's do something interesting, as I did my work primarily, originally, working with people one-to-one -one in terms of coaching, working with habits, working with behaviors, helping them to take down fears and reduce stress and worry dealing with the emotional triggers also associated with the habits and behaviors. It's interesting that sometimes when we get stuck inside of a problem, we organize it to be something that's perhaps either binary or let's say analog. And I may scientifically be getting these words wrong. So let me just go with the simple version of this light switch or dimmer switch. I'm either in pain or I'm not in pain. And because of that, by the way, historically, that's why doctors, nurses, physicians, surgeons, they introduce the pain scale on a scale of zero to 10, where zero is nothing and 10 is excruciating pain. Where are you? Here's a friend of mine who was actually one of the first male registered nurse anesthetists, the people who do anesthesia, but don't necessarily have to be medical doctors, and was someone who helped to popularize in the 1970s and 80s, the comfort scale. 
hey, let's get a rating on your comfort, where zero's no comfort, and 10 is about the most comfortable you could ever feel. Where are you? And as my friend who helped to pioneer that and popularize that would say, that wasn't just invented for the patient. That wasn't just invented for the patient to then give a more subjective measurement. No, it was also for the family. Because the family around this person going through some kind of medical procedure, well, they're still in pain. That's the light switch. It's either on or it's off. Versus, wow, it's like half of what it was two weeks ago. And as long as they keep up with this physical therapy, I bet it can be even half of what it is now in like a month from now. This is fantastic. And do you see how that's different than I have it or I don't have it? I have imposter syndrome or I don't have imposter syndrome, which there's a story at the end of this surprisingly organized uh, sort of uh, <laughs> stream of consciousness rant that's going to, again, smack down imposter syndrome. Let's go back to when you're the person who does the thing. You're the person who does the thing. There's a consulting program that we do, Attract Pre-Sold Clients, Premium Influence. It's a done-with-you consulting program over the course of several weeks. It is a group program with an extremely one-to-one dialed-in consulting journey, taking the guesswork out of how to consistently attract high-value clients to your business in a way where they're already saying yes to you even before you ask for the sale. And in the promotion of that, yes, there's this podcast. Yes, there's our public Facebook group, which I invite all of you, of course, to track down and join, Attract Pre-Sold Clients. It's a Facebook group over of course, on Facebook, <laughs> we have presence on a whole lot of social media platforms, and we also run ads. And there's a modern-day philosopher some of you have heard of. Her name is Taylor Swift. And the T-Swift once wrote, haters gonna hate. Did you know what the favorite beverage of trolls on the internet is? It's Haterade. Yeah. And the moment someone can get an account online and they can create a profile without their real name, without their real photo... Oh, it invites the trolls out from under the bridge and people love to drop some snarky comments. And we swoop in and we remove them. You know, if someone actually expresses something and makes a statement, we engage. But clearly it's not of any value to feed the obvious trolls. And there's a reason why that is a rare experience for us, mind you. But there's a reason why none of us on the team lose any sleep over that. And it's because when you're the person who does the thing you're the person who does the thing. And not for the overt brag, but then again, these are the brags of people who have gone through that program and pulled off some really significant things. The guy who had only ever done about $15,000 a month in his business, and then in his first month with us, hit a $40,000 month. The person who was kind of struggling in a dollars for hours model, and suddenly she shifted the way that she talks about what she does based on the principles that we share, and then closed a client for like $8,000. The guy who was providing a very worthwhile service that kind of has become commoditized, you'd expect to not have to pay a lot of money for what he does, but then landed a high-figure client because of something he had done on social media after quite some time putting up stuff that his mom and his wife liked. Uh, and then suddenly here came this rush of high-quality SQLs, sales-qualified leads coming in. The person who was struggling with all kinds of no-shows. And it wasn't just the fact that we helped to shift the language of how she got a deposit from her clients, but the way that she created a higher 
understanding of the value of the work that she did so that the people were now pre-sold not just on the service, but also now on actually following through with it, you know, actually showing up and actually paying. And there's dozens of these stories that we have now. The mother who, granted, we did this in my family only for the reason that uh, we convinced the kids it was fun. Then they got older and they caught on to us. Wouldn't it be great if the two of you at, you know, eight and six years old shared the birthday party? And the mother who says, because of now the income that's coming in as a result of what I've learned and gotten help with, I was able to afford having separate birthday parties for my kids. To which then I had to swoop in and say, hey, um, while they're still young, you know, make it count. (laughs) Ours are now about to turn 12 and 10. We can't pull that off anymore. But again, I tell these stories. Back to Steve Martin. Becomes so good, they can't ignore you. I know with Nicole, who's our client concierge director, uh, client success, I know that here's the amount of effort we've built in to create this really unique journey that delivers the big promise of what we do. Becomes so good, they can't ignore you. And can you already start to connect with something about this dimmer switch metaphor, with this bucket list idea, with when you're the person who does the thing, you're the person who does the thing, and thank you, Steve Martin, becomes so good they can't ignore you, that suddenly now this imposter syndrome conversation takes on a very different context. What would happen differently in your life if someone had never put those words together? What would happen differently in your life if you never attached those words to you? What would happen differently if instead of being either on or off, a one or a zero, a yes or a no, instead it takes the shape that now it's this journey of where you are to where you would like to be. And also recognize that we've kind of become a culture. Now, here's the one part, if I may riff, if I may officially go off on a soapbox here and rant for a quick moment, it would be... Don't necessarily buy into something that's trying to convince you, again, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, and doggone it, people don't like you. And yes, thank you, Al Franken, Saturday Night Live, Stuart Smalley, Stuart Saves His Family, a fantastic movie that I think a dozen of us actually saw in the theaters, if it actually did go to the theaters. Didn't do so well. Do you see how, again, these are the quality references you expect on this kind of a business podcast. So looking at how all of these pieces come together, it's not necessarily always a bad thing. Because two things. One, I have in the last year or two, hear others talk about imposter syndrome and bring it up in a context that there's some overlap of the things that I say. Sometimes people say things of a similar nature. The other part of this, though, would be the fact that the sort of revelation that it may not necessarily always be a bad thing. And I'll tell a story here to bring this episode full circle, which is that I'm active over in the ClickFunnels world. I'm a member of Russell Brunson's inner circle. That's the mastermind level that you have to have won a two comma club award. You have to prove you're running a business that brings in seven figures and it's very limited in size. And here I am in 2022, back last year when I joined, And yes, of course, there was the, I've done it. I've made it. I've got the picture that a lot of people in my space also have. It's kind of this resume, right, thing now of the uh, Two Comic Club 
the best-selling book, the Facebook group, the podcast. Thank you so much for listening, by the way. The TED Talk. And there was no luck to this. These are things that I strategically went after because I saw they were important to many of you out there in the audience. And here I am at one of the first gatherings, hopping on the plane. I live here in Orlando, flying out to Boise, Idaho for the first gathering that I got to go to in person with this mastermind group. And suddenly I'm in the room with people who are running eight-figure businesses, one of them a nine-figure business, the people running that company itself, a, I'm sure, bigger, bigger, bigger business, and having connections to, I mean, people in massive-figure businesses. And I'm there, and this dialogue around SmackDown imposter syndrome, which is, by the way, the language I use because then... What I really want to say, Facebook won't let me run ads to, starts with a B. Next word is the word slap. Yeah, let's just call it Smackdown because the intention's still there, but it's just not as colorful, right? But you know what I really want to say here. I'm keeping it polite. And I'm there in that room. And as much as I've had this dialogue around imposter syndrome now for several years, it's in that moment I text a good friend of mine. I'm like, oh, I get it now. There it is. There it is. I feel like a startup. Uh, and that passed by the time the weekend was over because a cool thing about you know consulting groups, something that we do inside of our premium influence community, something that any good community-based program will do is that it's not just the person who's teaching the program. It's not just like we have a team of rock star coaches that support folks that are going through our consulting. It's also the people inside and learning from them and Let's go with the movie reference taken. I have a very particular set of skills, and that's all I know about that movie, except for the times they've made fun of it on the cartoon TV show Family Guy. I have a very particular set of skills that many of them wanted to learn. There's specific things that I've figured out that are my strengths, and we all come into this with different abilities. So my main takeaway here for you is, what if that thing never existed? What if that thing wasn't necessarily a bad thing. And instead, as you look at it through this filter of when you're the person who does the thing, you're the person who does the thing, as well as becomes so good they can't ignore you, do you now see that this bottomless pit that there's no way out of, the way that some people talk about it, now becomes instead something that there's a clear pathway out of. There's a ladder there to climb out of. There's a set of stairs. There's an escalator. There's an elevator. There's someone there with their hand outreached, telling you, I understand. I know what you've been through. You don't need to feel that way anymore. Let's help you become so good they can't ignore you. Thank you for listening to Attract Pre-Sold Clients, where you get strategies proven to work in businesses around the world. I'm Jason Lynette, and if you're ready to crush the confusion of what to say and how to say it to consistently attract your dream clients, check out our free resources today at attractpresoldclients.com. <laughs>